when you're talking about faithfulness, every time you see the word, there's going to be another word connected to it, trust. To say that God is faithful is to say God can be trusted. He's trustworthy. Lamentations 3.22, Sarah made reference to this already today. The Bible says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Somebody say, thank God. Because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know this one, I hope. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is... Come on, church. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. James chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, no shadow of turning. You know another way you could say that? He's faithful. No variation does not change. God is faithful. If there's no variation in him and he's faithful, you, know what, you want to know what that really means? You can count on him. You can count on him. Have you ever used that expression to talk about somebody you know, somebody you love? You can really count on him. Man, you can count on that guy. You can count on that girl. Oh, yeah, you can count on him. Why do we use that word, that expression? Why, what is it about those words that translates to faithfulness? You can count on them. Well, think about it. Think about it like this. Numbers, and this is what people who love math, God bless them, this is what they love about it. It doesn't change. And for all of eternity past and for all of eternity future, the number two will always come right after the number one. And it will always come right before the number three. I don't care what's going on in politics. I don't care what's going on socially or in, or in culture. What's changing around us, that will never change. That's what it means to count on somebody. It's consistency. You can count on God. He is as faithful as one, two, three. Does that make sense to you? He's faithful. Thank you, Lord. Listen to this from Hebrews 11. Verse 11 says, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. You know what you should be saying? How'd she do that? I mean, I know you know the story, but the question should be, how? How in the world did this 90-year-old woman have a baby? Not because there's anybody necessarily interested in doing that, but still, the question should, should exist. How did that happen? Well, this says she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Where did the strength to have a baby when she's this age come from? It came, we might say, well, it came from God. Yeah, but what did this say? She conceived, she, she received strength to conceive seed when she decided he's faithful. Where's your strength going to come from? Strength to do whatever it is you need to do. It's going to come the moment you decide God is faithful. Or how else could you say that? God can be trusted. 
God can be trusted. She received strength to conceive seed the moment she decided, I can trust him. Where do you receive your strength? When do you receive healing? When do you receive what you need? When do you receive your peace and your, and your joy? When do you receive your provision? When do you receive it? You receive it the moment you decide, I can trust him. I can count on him because he is faithful. That word faithful means he's reliable, means he's dependable, means he's trustworthy. It means he'll never lie to you. That's what faithful means. So with that in mind, there's a question you have to ask when it comes to prosperity. And really, there's two big questions. The first one is, can you trust him for it? When it comes to prospering in God, can you trust him for it? Now, this is a big part of what, what differentiates us from the rest of the world. We're sitting in here today talking specifically about prosperity as it pertains to natural things, material things, financial things. But you know, there's a lot of people in this world that have a lot of stuff and didn't get a penny of it from God. So it's not just the stuff. Can you see that? You cannot look at somebody and just say, well, they got a lot of stuff. They're, they must be really blessed. Not necessarily. The question is, how'd they get it? Where did it come from? So you could have the same stuff somebody else has. You be a prosperous and God person and them not be. Well, what's the difference? It's the same stuff. The difference is, who did you trust? The difference is, how did it come to you? Because with you and I, the big question we've got to ask and answer is, can you trust God for it? Or do you have some other source? Are you your own source? Is the government your source? Is your education your source? Is your experience your source? Are other people, is your family your source? Or is God your source? Can you trust him for it? Well, we've already looked at like half a dozen verses that tell us how faithful he is, which means he's trustworthy. He's worthy of our trust. God can be trusted. I said, God can be trusted. Say it with me. God can be trusted. You need to say it again. God can be trusted. The big question you have to ask first is, can you trust him for it? And that's where we tend to stop. When we're preaching prosperity and we're looking to the word and we're finding out, man, God wants us blessed. He's made promises to bless us. That's typically where we stop. Well, I can believe God. Bless God, I received that. Thank you, Lord. I believe it. I receive it. I, I sow my seed and, and, and laid on me, Jesus. And that's typically where we stop. I trust you. I trust you for it. And there's a lot of people, listen to me now, who are genuinely trusting God for it and yet living without it. See, you didn't like that. <laughs> I don't like it either. But the reason that could be so is because there's another question. The only question when it comes to prosperity isn't, can you trust him for it? There's another question. And the other question is, can he trust you with it? This 
is what's keeping many, many believers small. It's what's keeping people in lack. It's what's keeping people constantly struggling to keep up, even while they're crying out in faith and believe in God and trust in God to the best of their ability. They're answering that first question, and it's good. Can you trust him for it? Yes, I trust him. The next question, though, is just as important. Can he trust you? Can he trust you? Well, if his faithfulness means he's trustworthy, how do we show that we're trustworthy? Faithfulness. I'll make a statement to you, and it may sound big, but I mean it. Faithfulness is one of, if not the biggest key to increase, to prosperity in our lives. Faithfulness. And there's a lot of other things that go with it. Our sowing, of course, we believe in that. Of course, we believe in putting the kingdom of God first. Of course, we believe in making good confessions over our finances. All of those things are good and they're wonderful. But without this key of faithfulness, all of the others have no effect. Faithfulness. So these two big questions, can you trust him for it? Can he trust you with it? Let, again, let me read a couple of verses here to you. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 19. Maybe we can have this on the screen for you. The Bible says in verse 19, Proverbs 28, He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. Verse 20 says, A faithful man. What kind of man? What kind of person? A faithful person will abound with blessings. Come on, do you like the sound of that? Abounding with blessings. That word abound literally means to overflow with. Do you like the sound of overflowing with blessings? Of course you do. I'll go ahead and shout for you. Woo, pastor, we believe that. A faithful person though. What kind of person is overflowing with the blessing of God on their life? It's a faithful person. But he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. From the New Living Translation, it says it like this. A hard worker. Oh, I just lost like half the room. Does the Bible say anything about hard work? Yeah. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. Man, in one verse, you and I get told... Here's how to prosper. Here's how to live in poverty. A hard worker will prosper. They'll have plenty of food. Notice what he says in verse 20. The trustworthy person will get a rich reward. But a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Now, you got to understand something about the time in history when these words were written. This was back in a time in human history where mankind wanted to get rich quick. Now, of course, we don't deal with that anymore. That's not so much a part of our culture now. Or is it? Is this not amazing to you how many thousands of years ago these words were penned and yet we're still dealing with this stuff today? People hastening to be rich. 
I want to be rich and I want to be rich like yesterday. This goes back to what I said to you a moment ago. People want to overflow before they increase. And it doesn't work that way. People trying to get rich quick, he said it ends in poverty. But what's the opposite of trying to get rich quick? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Being reliable. Being trustworthy. Again, from the book of Proverbs, the Bible says in chapter 20, verse 6, most men will proclaim each his own goodness on Facebook. I'm telling you, this stuff is still so relevant to us. Is this not a problem today? Is this not what, what the vast majority of social media has become? I call it the parade of self. I call it the, hey, everybody, look at me. Listen to me. Look at, look at what I'm doing. Listen to what I'm thinking. Look at, look at my opinion. Listen to what I have to say about this. Meanwhile, everybody else is like, who cares? Who cares? And yet we feed on this stuff. It's the parade of self. It's the parade of self. And most of it has become most men proclaiming their own goodness. It wasn't hard to find that day. It's not hard to find today. But listen to what he says. Most men will proclaim his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Do you hear that? Who can find a faithful man? The New Living says, who can find somebody who's truly reliable? The New American Standard says, many a person proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy person? You got you to gotta think about who's writing these words. This is Solomon. This is the king of the nation. And I can nearly hear the frustration in his voice going, it's not hard to find somebody who can tell you what a good job they can do. It's not hard to find somebody with a glowing resume. It is not difficult to find somebody with a self-congratulatory resume that lists all their accomplishments and all their experience and all their education and all their degrees. And I can almost hear it from him coming from this point of view of like, I'm done with that. I put stock in that before. I bought into that before. You know what I want now? Somebody faithful. Can you hear what he's saying? Who can find somebody faithful? For every... For every hundred people who will tell you what a good job they'll do, you might have one that's actually faithful. Can you hear the frustration in his voice? Well, let me tell you something. It's not just him looking for faithful people. These are the words of God. I said, these are God's words. Who is God looking for? The faithful. Who is God after? The faithful. He's not, he, he's not looking at resumes. God's not, you know, flipping through a bunch of resumes. Well, this one went to Harvard, so, you know, maybe he should pastor. Or this one graduated from this place. Or this one grew up in this family. Or this one has this much money. Or this one, this one, this one, this one with this experience and this education. And this one with this job. And blah, 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 blah. You know what he says? Give me somebody faithful. And you can see just from this one question, who can find a faithful man, a faithful person? 
Who can find somebody truly reliable, somebody trustworthy? You know what that question alone reveals? It's rare. Faithfulness is rare. Real, genuine faithfulness is not everywhere. But the good thing is, the more rare something is, the more valuable it is. And as a faithful man and a faithful woman, you might be rare, but you know what that means? You are valuable. You are valuable to God. You are valuable in the kingdom of God. And the Bible even says that he scans the whole earth looking for those whose heart is loyal. Same word translated faithful. And when he finds a faithful heart, you know what the Bible says? He's found somebody he can show himself strong to. It's almost like he's got radar. And he's just scanning the earth. Doot, 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 doot. <laughs> I mean, it's that rare. But I'm believing God. That as that scanner begins to hit the front range of the Rocky Mountains and gets closer and closer to Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. And what? He comes across a room full of people whose hearts are full, whose hearts are loyal, who will be faithful to him. Faithful. Can you trust him for the increase? Yes. We know he's faithful. Here's the other question. Can he trust you with it? Now, I heard somebody say yes, and I want to hear you say that. I want that to be your answer, but you need to, before you shout that out, you need to hear what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at this with me. Did you find 1 Corinthians 4? <laughs> that was 35 minutes ago, so hopefully you found that. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. In verse 1, Paul writing by the Spirit of God he says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Let a man so consider us. When people think about us, this is what we want them to think. He said, let a man so consider us servants of Christ. That's us. Servants of Christ. And then he used this word, stewards of the mysteries of God. I don't think you and I fully understand or fully appreciate what a wonderful thing it is to open up your Bible on a daily basis. I said on a daily basis. I said every day. Call me crazy. I think Christians should read their Bible every day. I don't think we fully appreciate how wonderful it is and how miraculous it is that you and I are able to open up our Bibles on a daily basis, read it, and, check this out, get it. Understand it. Now, I'm not saying we fully grasp every single thing that's written in there. There's a lot that perhaps we don't understand, and we're learning, and we're growing. But you don't know. You don't know what a precious thing it is to be able to read your Bible and to, and to get anything out of it for the light of revelation to come on in your heart in, in a way that only the Holy Spirit can do that. You don't know what a precious thing that is. 
Because there are people and have been people for thousands of years now that have, have tried that Bible thing, that have read it and tried to read it from an intellectual standpoint. They've opened it up and, and read it. Many of them cover to cover, pushed it away and said, that's nonsense. There are people that have tried it, got nothing out of it, and have labeled it old, archaic, old thoughts, old ideas, completely irrelevant for today. You don't know, church. I said, you do not know what an awesome thing it is to open your Bible and hear the voice of God. That's not happening every day. And it's not happening everywhere with everybody. But glory to God, it's happening with us. When you and I crack that thing open, whether it's first thing in the morning or last thing before bed or sometime during the day, and you open it up and you hear a voice speaking to you and it's the voice of God Almighty spoken through his Holy Spirit and you see things and you get things and you learn things and it, and it blesses you and it enlightens you. It's a miracle happening. I said it's a miracle happening. And what Paul said there was when they think of us, they need to think of us not just as servants of Christ, but as stewards of the mysteries. Stewards of the mysteries. Things that are a mystery to the rest of this world. You're living in it. You're walking in the light and the revelation of it. And we are to steward those mysteries. The word steward, it's not a word we use often now, but it really is just the word... Um, manager, administrator. And this is what he's saying we are when it comes to the mysteries of God. We're, we're stewards, we're managers, we're, we're administrators. This is like almost all my job as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, is to be a steward of these mysteries, to be an administrator, a manager of it, to hear from heaven and, and, and get the direction of God for you, what you and I are supposed to be looking at, when we're supposed to be looking at it, talking about the right thing at the right time. Managers of the mystery. Somebody say manager, manager. of the mysteries. But look at this, verse 2. Moreover, or you could say more importantly, it is required. It's required in stewards, in managers, in administrators, that one be found faithful. This is, this is the whole job description. This is the whole job requirement that you and I be found faithful. Do you notice he used that word found faithful? What did we read from the Proverbs? Who can find a faithful man, a faithful woman? It's required that you and I be found faithful. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to read this to you. Um, let me give you a few translations of it. The NASB says one must be found trustworthy. Uh, one, the Amplified says one must be found faithful and trustworthy. The New American says one must be found trustworthy. New Revised Standard says it's required of, stu of stewards that they be found trustworthy trustworthy. You hear that word coming up over and over and over again? God is faithful, which means he can be trusted. Are you faithful? If you are, that means you can be trusted. You can trust him for the increase, 
But what's the other question we're asking? Can he trust you? Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.